So let's look at today medication affecting the endocrine system. Um, today we'll look at uh, this medication that affects the endocrine system. And our uh, big on this medication is the diabetic medication. Diabetic medications, you know, is very important for the endless and it's good for us to uh, be aware of these drugs and how they are administered their interaction and other do's and don'ts about them. So we'll look at diabetes mellitus, which is a chronic illness that results from an absolute or relative deficiency of insulin. One, um, often combined with a cellular resistance to insulin action. So either um, the insulin in the body is deficient or the blood cells are just resistant to insulin metabolism. Um, these medications differ in their onset, their peak, and the durations. We have oral antidiabetic agents which work in various ways to increase the availability of insulin or modify how carbohydrates are metabolized in our body. And we also have newer injections that are used to supplement insulin or oral agents to manage glucose control. So we we'll look at this medication. Now, there is one thing under here that uh, I'm not going to go into the tutorial because no matter how I teach it, you will not know it. What will make it better for you is to sit down and analyze them and read them and know the various kinds of this medication. That is the insulins. So the insulins, what are important about the insulin include... Um, the, 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 the various type of insulins, the group the, they are found in, um, their duration, their onset, and the peak. These are things that are very important for the insulin. And if you look in the Sanders, the Sanders made it very clear how these insulins work for us and how they are um, used in our body. So we'll look at the various type of insulins. We have the rapid-acting insulin, we have the short-acting insulin, we have the intermediate insulin, we have the long-acting insulin, we, and uh, those, those are the kind of insulin we have. Now, this insulin, for the rapid-acting insulin, uh, we call it, uh, we have the Lispro insulin. Now, this insulin has an onset of 15 to 30 minutes, meaning when you administer it in 15 to 30 minutes, it starts to work. It has a peak up to half an hour to two and a half hour. That's the peak. And uh, the peak of the insulin is where in, uh, the insulin reaches its highest functioning power. And that becomes the point of concern when you administer the insulin. And also another point of concern is the onset because when you have a self breakfast uh, and the client needs an insulin, you got to like uh, try to like uh, make it possible that uh, the breakfast timing will be match will match the time of the onset of the insulin, because if it is if if it is not done in that manner, um, the client might develop other complications or other problems that might be very much detrimental to the client's life. So based upon that, we have to know all these things about this medication. For the rapid insulin. Um, it has a duration between three to six hours. Meaning, when you when you get the rapid insulin, it lasts up to three to six hours. Then uh, the strength of it is going to be finished within the body. So it has a short uh, onset, but it also has a short duration. 
Then you have the short-acting insulin. Now, that's what we call the regular insulin. The regular insulin uh, has an onset that starts within half an hour to one hour. So it is long, it, uh, the onset is, is start longer time compared to the rapid acting. Because rapid acting acts between 15 to 30 minutes, it, begin, it, it begins to act. While the short acting starts from 30 minutes to one hour, then it starts to act. To act. Now, the peak is from one hour to five hours. The duration lasts from six to 10 hours. So the short acting insulin has up to 10 hours of it being very much useful to the body. Then we have the intermediate acting insulin. Now, this is what we call the NPH insulin. Now, this insulin, it has an onset that is longer than the first two insulin. The onset starts between one to two hours after it is administered. So when you administer, a, uh, when you administer an intermediate insulin, it takes up to an hour before it starts to work. Sometimes it takes up to two hours before it can start to work. Now, the peak... That is the point at which it reaches and it provides its highest function or its highest efficacy is between 6 to 14 hours. And the duration lasts for up to 24 hours. It lasts between 16 to 24 hours. That is the intermediate insulin or the NPH insulin. Now, then we have the long-acting insulin. This long-acting insulin is called the insulin glycogen. Glycogen insulin is what we call long-acting insulin. Now, this insulin, um, it has an onset for about 70 minutes, an hour, 10 minutes. It starts to work. Um, the peak is not known. It does not have a peak because many cases is given a lot of other insulin. Now, the duration, it lasts up to 24 hours. So, that's the, these are the kind of insulin they administer like at their time when a client has uh, fluctuative blood glucose overnight. It's like an insulin they're going to administer to control the insulin, the, the, the body blood sugar level for the whole night. Um, then we have um, we have this insulin. Like uh, the rapid acting insulin, we have insulin aspar, insulin glulacine. These are all rapid acting. For the short acting, we have regular insulins. For the intermediate, we have insulin detamera, which is dose-dependent. Um, the greater the units per kg the client receives, the longer the duration of the insulin. Now, in some cases, the insulin can receive up to 0.4 units per kg. So the insulin is normally measured according to the client's body because insulin as a whole, it works according to the body surface area or the body size. So if you have a bigger body, you will receive more insulin because the cells will be, you have more cells in different body surface area. So based upon this, you will always want to have an insulin that will reach almost all the cells in the body to produce the effect that is supposed to produce to control the blood sugar level. That's why a, someone with a bigger body mass will receive more insulin. Normally, it's 0 0.4 um, units per kg. That's how they would normally measure an insulin. Now, um, it results in duration up to 24 hours, making it a long-acting insulin. Now, then you have the pre-mixed insulin. Now, the pre-mixed insulin is the one that comes with, that already mixed with other insulin. Like you have the NPH and that of the regular insulin. So the NPH takes about 70% of the insulin, while the regular takes about 30% of the insulin, giving it 100% of the pre-mixed insulin. 
Now, this insulin they will mix is the mixture of the intermediate insulin and of the short acting insulin. Now, in here, we have to be very careful how we look at these things because they are important to look at the way in which we want to look at it. Now, this insulin, like the, like the intermediate insulin, like I said, it lasts up to 24. So, like for the for the intermediate insulin, um, it lasts up to 16 to 24 hours. So they're gonna use 70% of the intermediate insulin, which is the NPH, and then use 30% of the regular insulin that lasts for up to um uh that lasts for up to like a up to 10 hours. So now, um, when the two insulins are mixed together, it provides a better effect and a longer effect with a good control of the blood sugar. Now, then we have another insulin that they mix, which they mix the insulin Lispro, Protamine, and the insulin Lispro. Now, so they will, they, they will mix the insulin Lispro, Protamine, and that of the insulin Lispro. Now, the insulin Lispro, Protamine is 75%, while the insulin Lispro itself is just 25%. So they mix the intermediate and that of the rapid acting insulin to give us a better effect. But these insulins, you have to look at them and know their duration, know when they start to give it the peak and know the duration because it is important to know these things. Now, um, insulin as a whole, it promotes cellular uptake of glucose. It decreases blood glucose level. It converts glucose level. It converts glucose into glycogen. It moves potassium into cells along, the, along with glucose. That's why it does. Now, insulin is used for... Glycemic control of diabetes mellitus, either type 1, type 2, or even in gestational diabetes, we still use insulin. Now, it prevents complication. Clients who have type 2 diabetes mellitus can require insulin when? Now, one, when the oral antidiabetic agent or the oral hypoglycemic agents or diet exercise are failed or, or have failed, I mean, so when these other regimens have failed to control the blood sugar, then they can turn to do insulin. That is type 2 diabetes. Because normally type 1 is what we use we use insulin on. But type 2, we can use insulin 1 if the client medications, the client, um, the client exercise, the client diet, fail to control the blood sugar, then we tend to use the insulin. Now, if the client has a severe renal or liver disease, then we can use the insulin. Uh, if the client having painful neuropathy, in that case, we can use the insulin. If the client undergoing a surgery for diagnostic purposes, we use insulin. If the client experiencing severe stress as infection or trauma, because these things can increase the blood sugar, in this case, we use insulin. If the client undergoing an emergency treatment of diabetes, keto, diabetic ketoacidosis, DKA, or HHNS, that is the hyperosmolar hyperglycemic non-ketotic syndrome, if the client undergoing one of these two conditions, or uh, in this case, we use the insulin. If the client requiring treatment of hypokalemia, in that case, also we're going to use insulin. So in these cases, the client can take insulin. The client has step two, and the client falls in one of these this 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 scenarios I just talked about. The client will take insulin. But other than that, client who has step two diabetes mellitus will take oral hypoglycemic agents and clients who have type 1 would take most commonly they would take insulin now insulin has complications because it is given to lower the blood sugar one of its complications is to is, is hypoglycemia 
if you take a nap on time or you take a nap according to how the doctor order it, you're gonna have hypoglycemic reaction, which could include um, vomiting, diarrhea, alcohol, like a, it will do other things like your body will be trembling, you will have this flushy feelings, you will have um, fast heart rate. Is that going to happen to you when you have uh, hypoglycemia? Now, um, anytime the blood sugar drops below 70 milligrams per deciliter, you are, you are almost into a hypoglycemic uh, state. In this case, you want to monitor the client for hypoglycemia. If, the, if abrupt onset starts, um, client will experience sympathetic nervous system effects, like I said, tachycardia. They're going to have diaphoresis. They're going to be shaky. They will have shakiness and they will have palpitations. Now, if it starts gradually, meaning the client will experience uh, uh, parasympathetic symptoms. Now, let's understand what, what, what we are saying here. We have an, an, an abrupt onset of the hypoglycemic effect or we have, and we have a uh, a gradual onset. Now, if it is abrupt, if it is abrupt onset, the client is going to have what we call the uh, 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 sympathetic symptoms, which include the client is going to have tachycardia, palpitation, diaphoresis, and shakiness. If the onset started gradually, it started with time, it progresses to its actual state. So in that case, the client will experience other PNS, which is the parasympathetic nervous system symptoms, which include headaches. Um, the client will have tremors. They will have weakness. They can have disorientation. They can have lethargy. These are the parasympathetic nervous system symptoms that the client is going to have if it starts gradually. Now, administer glucose for, for conscious clients. Administer a snack of 15 grams of carbohydrates. Or you, that is, you can use four ounces of orange juice, two ounces of grapefruit juice, grape juice, I mean, or eight ounces of milk. Glucose tablet per manufacturers can be given, like 15 grams of glucose tablet can be administered the client having these symptoms. Now, if the client is not fully conscious, do not raise aspiration. Administer glucose parenterally, that is through the IV, you can give dextrose or glucagon in that case. Encourage the client to wear a medical alert bracelet and always have a snack of the client that when the client is going out, client who have diabetes meditus. Now, because at any point in time, they could have these complications. So these are the treatment for the complication of when a client has hypoglycemia. Now, you are looking in your book. It's not but it's written out clearly. What do you do when a client has hypoglycemic reaction or complication? For conscious client, it is in there. Read it and know it very well. For clients that are unconscious, it also has different treatment regimen that you need to know about the condition. Um, then we have what we call a lipo, a lipo hypertrophy. Now, this is also another complication of clients who are who, who, who on insulin. Um, the client has to change the insulin site systematically or every time the client taking insulin. Or else they can develop what we call a lipo uh, hypertrophy. Now, this is the condition in which um, the injection site will create some 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 elevation and some other things that might not be that might not be smooth. So you will see these knots growing on under on underneath the skin. Now, when this happens, the climb that area become uh, discolorated. It changes uh, in color, in appearance, and other in it, in 
in in in in in in in in in if you if you palpate it, you feel like you are palpating knots or other masses under the skin. So these are what we call the hype, the lipo hypertrophy is due to injection sites not being changed regularly. Now, also you want to understand that certain medication can increase blood glucose, and you want to give them with cautions. So in this case, beta blockers can match the SNS response to hypoglycemia. The client can have tachycardia. The client can have tremors. So it makes it difficult for the client to identify the hypoglycemia the client on beta blockers. Um, client will use um, TASA diuretics and corticosteroids. These drugs can raise the blood sugar and can counteract the effect of insulin. So you're going to monitor the client's serum glucose before and during this medication and you want to make sure that the client cannot take these drugs on the client on a uh, glycemic agent. You also want to know that sulfonylurea, sulfonylurea, or sulfonylurea, uh, medlatinide, beta blockers, alcohol, they are all additive um, and they can affect the hypoglycemic agents when they are used co concurrently with these medications. You want to monitor the client blood glucose before administering this medication. It is important. So these are things that you want to look at very much to know about the medication. To your fingertip now then we have the oral anti-diabetic agent or the oral hypoglycemic agents now these agents comes in two different uh, types we have the first generation and the second generation like for example glapizat is a second generation hype or uh, oral hypoglycemic agent where you have clopro clopropamide clopropamide is c-h-l-o R-O-P-R-O-P-A-M-I-D-E. It is a first-generation uh, oral hypoglycemic agent. The glapizide the is a second-generation oral hypoglycemic agent. Um, other, other type of first-generation include the tolzamide, the T-O-L-Z-A-M-I-D, and other second-generation second include the glabiride or the glamp, the the glamipramide, the glamipramide, these are all different kind of oral hypoglycemic agents that we take when we have type 2 diabetes mellitus. Now, you have another one we call the, the baguanide. Now, I want you to look at this medication and look, look them up and know them. You have the, the baguanide, it's B-I-G-U-A-N-I-D-E-S, baguanide. The baguanide, they are also a class of oral hypoglycemic agents. You have the sulfonylurea. The sulfonylurea is S-U-L-F-O-N-Y-L-U-R-E-A-S. You also have another one we call the meglatinized. The meglatinized is M-E-G-L-I-T-I-N-I-D-S. Meglatinized. These drugs are also very helpful when you are taking when you have type 2 diabetes mellitus. We have the alpha glucosidase inhibitors, um, the acabose. A-C-A-R-B-O-S-E. Acabos is a drug that falls under the, the alpha-glucosidase inhibitors. You have a different kind of medication under here that are used to treat hypoglycemia, uh, that are used to treat glycemic condition or like indicative diabetes mellitus. These drugs, they are in our books. We have to look at them and know how we use them. Um, you have other drugs under, under here 
you have like a, some of those most commonly used drug like, like you have the metformin metformin is an anti uh, it's an anti-diabetic anti agent it's oral you gotta read about it because it's one of the frequently used drugs in our midst this medication they control blood sugar levels in clients who have type 2 diabetes like i said and they are used in conjunction with diet and exercise to change the client lifestyle metformin is also used to treat polycystic ovary syndrome it is not a labor effect but it is so a labor use it is an off labor use of the drugs metformin um then we have for the other hypoglycemia for hypoglycemia the nurse should be able to monitor that is a complication should, should be able to monitor the hypoglycemic condition if it is abrupt like i said the nurse will follow the same treatment we we'll talk about for the uh for the injectable ones the insulin if it is gradual they will follow the same treatment method so we have to look at these things and know how we go about learning these things it's important we know this medication um clients with clients who are metformin they're going to have some gastrointestinal effects like anorexia they're going to have um diarrhea they will have weight loss and other things these are common things they're going to have um they're going to have like a vitamin b12 folic acid deficiency they're going to have called lactic acidosis and other things so they can have these conditions so we need to look out for them and monitor these conditions these things are in the sunders we have to open our book and read about these drugs i'm talking about here because they're going to come in the end class a lot you're going to focus on uh, on these medications you're going to focus on their their, their routes focus on their do that their peak their duration and that of the onset it is important to know this thing when it comes to this medication any questions so far now then we go ahead to look at um another group of drugs under here that uh we refer to as um Then we have, uh, like, as we have another endocrine medications for the thyroid conditions. Now, the endocrine system is made out of different glands that secrete hormones which act on specific receptor sites in our body. Now, these hormones target receptor sites that to, res to to regulate response to stress, growth, and metabolism and other homeostasis in the uh, occurring in our body. Uh, when there's an endocrine disorder, usually involve over secretion or under secretion of these hormones produced by the glands. These drugs used to treat this, these disorders of the thyroid are either from the anterior or posterior, posterior pituitary and angina gland are discussed in our audio here today. Now, this medication will start with the thyroid hormone. Now, like I always told you guys that to understand the thyroid hormone, you must understand the function of the thyroid gland. If you do, you will know exactly how the thyroid hormone is going to treat the patient and how it is administered and what are the functions of the thyroid hormone. Now, uh, today we'll look at um, some other drugs and their purposes. We'll look at um, the thyroid hormones, the thyroid drugs, levothyroxine. There are other types which we call the leotyronine, the leotrex, 
or the thyroid USP, the US United States Pharmaceutical produce that. Now, these medications are administered as synthetic form of thyroxine T4 and T3. So also now they combine both T3 and T4. Now, this hormonal medication, this hormonal medication are produced by the body itself. But this one we're talking about are the ones that are produced synthetically from the laboratory and are used to replace the ones the body is supposed to produce naturally. Um, these drugs can be administered orally, can be administered IV in the case of max edema coma. These medications, the thyroid hormones are used for the emergency treatment of max edema coma or when there's a severe deficiency of the thyroid hormone in the body. Um, what about this drug that we need to know? They are in the sinus under the under under when we look in the sinus, they are they, they have they are found under the endocrine medication. At the back of the endocrine system, you will see the endocrine medication. So I want you to go in there and read for me the complications of these medications, the uses of these medications, the adverse effect, the side effect, and the mode of action. So you have to read them and understand them to your fingertip. Now, when you are administering these drugs, these drugs are administered when there's an under-secretion or there's an over-secretion for the condition. Now, whether it's over or it is under-secretion of these hormones, these drugs have different complications. Um, and you want to look when there is uh, hyperthyroidism, um, the client is going to have anxiety, they will have tachycardia, they will have palpitation, they will have auto-appetite, they're going to have abnormal cramping or abnormal abdominal cramping. They're going to have heat intolerance, fever, diaphoresis, weight loss, and menstrual irregularity. Because it's like a, for this particular thyroid hormone, it helps to create, it helps to, it helps to enforce metabolism in the body or breakdown of body nutrients. So when the body is working to break down those nutrients or the food that we take in as when we eat, now what happens is like a... Your body will create heat, you will sweat a lot, and the heat and sweat that is created, it will lead to increase, um, it will lead to these problems. So these problems you're gonna have um you're gonna have the client having this, you're gonna have the client having this problem. They will have the anxiety, they will have tachycardia, they will have palpitation, they will have um auto appetite, they will have abdominal cramping, they will have heat intolerance and other things coming in. So these are signs for hyperthyroidism. Now then, uh, in this case, you want to educate the client to report any signs of these medications having over effects. That is, they having hyperthyroidic effect of these drugs. So in that case, this symptom I just talked about, the anxiety, tachycardia, the diaphoresis, heat intolerance, weight loss, menstrual irregularities. These are all the symptoms of the drug complications that are going to happen when the client is having hyper thyroidic effect of the medication. So when this happens, the client must report these symptoms. Sometimes the client might receive chronic over-treatment. Now, in this case, the client is going to have atrial fibrillations and the client will have an increased risk of fracture and uh, the client will have bone loss in the case of adult, in adult patients. So in this case, the TSH level should be monitored at least once a year when the client is on this medication. Um, this levothyroxine, it is pregnancy risk category A. It is contraindicated in clients who have thyroid uh, 
spiral toxic causes and adrenal insufficiency. These are all complications of the of the condition. Um, because of the cardiac stimulant effect is used, it's used is indicated following MR. Use cautiously in clients who have cardiovascular problems, um, like a client who have hypertension, angina pectoris, ischemic heart conditions, uh, because these cardiac stimulants can affect the the client heart. So if 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 if, if, if an older adult is taking it, it should be used cautiously. And it should be used clearly in clients who have diabetes. Thyroid hormones replacement is not for use in the treatment of someone who is obese. So these are things about these drugs. And uh, when you look at it in the Sanders, it provides for us a lot of things. But in here, I thought like to like summarize it and give you a gist of each one of these drugs. Because um, if you look in the Sanders, it goes in deep. Uh, into a detailed analysis of these medications. So I want you to just look at the standards and read them under there and you understand a lot of things about them and you understand a lot of things about this about this thyroid medication. We have another one we call the the, the thionamide. The thionamide is what we call the, the, the propatio-uracio. It's a just one of the just on is what we call the propatio uracio. It's P R O P Y L T H I O U R A C I L Propatio Uracio. Now this drugs um it treats grave disease, it produces uteroid state prior to thyroid removal surgery, it acts as an adjunct to irradiation of the thyroid gland. In the case of emergency treatment of this condition, like uh, the thyroid toxicosis, it can be used. And we also have meta, uh, the metamazole, which is a first-line treatment for the thyroid problem. Metamazole is M-E-T-H-I-M-A-Z-O-L-E. You got to know these drugs and know their function, know something about them for the ankles. So when it comes in the ankles, it won't sound like Greek to you. These drugs also have complications of hypothyroidism. Now, the symptoms of hypothyroidism include drowsiness, deep depression, um, weight gain, edema, bradycardia, anorexia, co-intolerant, dry skin, and menorrhagia. Now, for the hyperglycemic uh, reaction or the symptoms, it included heat intolerance, weight loss. You had like a flushed skin. You had like a, the client is having anxiety. The client having palpitation. Now, those are the opposite symptoms of the hypoglycemic uh, of the hypothyroidism. So in hypo, the client will have bradycardia. In hyper, the client will have tachycardia. In hypo, the client will have anorexia. The client will have co-intolerance. In hyper, the client will have um, the client will have heat intolerance. The client is going to have menorrhagia in hypo, and the client will have uh, menstrual irregularities or amenorrhea in the case of a uh, hyperthyroidism. Now, in this case, instead the client to report signs of or for over medication to the provider and reduce the dosage if that is noticed and uh, other supplements that will reduce these drugs in the body. The client can also have what we call agranulocytosis. In this case, the nurse should monitor early indication of these conditions, which include sore throat, fever, and fatigue, and ensure the clients to report them promptly to the provider. Monitor the blood counts and baseline and periodically for periodic uh, fluctuation, 
if the client has the agranulocytosis, if it, 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 this occurs, you stop the medication and monitor the client for other reverse conditions. We give uh, Nipogen. Nipogen can be given to treat the agranulocytosis. It's N-E-U-P-O-G-N, Nipogen. It is a drug that is given to counteract the agranulocytosis. Um, the client might have liver injury or hepatitis when the client is on the propatio-uracil. This drug can damage the client liver and can cause hepatitis. This drug is contraindicated in the case of a pregnancy category, pregnancy category D and during lactation due to the risk of neonatal hypothyroidism. This drug is safer than uh, the metamazole during the first trimester of pregnancy. So we might give the propatio uracil instead of the metamazole when the client is in, his, when the client is in her first pregnancy, in the first trimester of pregnancy. And uh, we should use it when a client, we should use it cautiously when a client has bone marrow depression, when a client has like an immunosuppressive condition like HIV and AIDS, and when a client have a risk for liver conditions. So these medications are in our book. Um, go ahead and look at them and understand how do we go about using them. Then we have the iodine products. Now the iodine products can be used to treat this condition, also the thyroid condition. Um, those drugs include sodium iodide or potassium iodide. These drugs are non-radioactive iodine that is used for the development of euthyroid states and reduction of the thyroid gland size prior to thyroid removal surgery. These medications, they are used for the emergency treatment of thyroid toxicosis. Look up these words, thyroid toxicosis. Look out for, the, for max edema. Look out for grave disease. Look out for all these conditions and know the signs and symptoms and write them down and know when this can occur. If they occur, what can we treat them with? It is important to know these things. Um, this medication can be given orally and it has a complication that we call iodism. I-O-D-I-S-M. Iodism is due to when there is a corrosive rotate, that is the metallic teeth in the medication that will cause stomatitis and cause so on the gum and the teeth and it will cause frontal headache and skin rashes. This condition can progress to overdose to a severe GI distress and swelling of the of the of the uh, of the glories. Teach the client to notify the provider for any symptoms. Prepare to administer sodium thiosulfate to reverse the effect of the condition. Assist with gastric lavage as needed as possible. This drugs that is uh, in this medication that, that is the sodium iodide or the potassium iodide drugs, they are contraindicated in pregnancy category D. Um, so I'm just getting a little gist about these drugs. Um, just look at the main one I talked about earlier on, are the ones that are going to come a lot in the in the end class. Now, we also administer anti diuretic drugs during this condition, we administer the, the vasopressin. Or we call it demopressin, like a, when a client. Uh, so these are like a, like 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 uh, these are the drugs that we're going to administer. Uh, we have the anti-diuretic hormone. Um, you know we talk about 
the SIAD and the D and the DI, the diabetes inhibitors, and the symptoms of inappropriate antidiuretic hormones. So these are the antidiuretic medications. You have the vasopressins or the demopressins are all under there. Now these drugs treat um the case of a diabetic the about the case like a diabetes insipidus. Um in this case the choice of choice is the demopressin. Um vasopressin is an anti-diuretic hormone. It's sometimes used during CPR to 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 temporarily decrease blood flow to the peripheral and increase blood flow to the brain. So that's what this drug can do. It decreases blood flow to the um, peripheral part of the body and then does by increasing blood flow to the brain and the heart. In the case of CPR, uh, CPR. the demopressin comes in oral, oral medication, intranasal, sub-Q, and it comes in IV. For the vasopressin, it comes only in sub-Q, IM, and IV. There is no oral. Um, these drugs are in our book. Um, let's look at them very well. Uh, there are a lot of things that we want to look at about this medication. They are in our book. Let's look at them and have idea on them. Then we have the adrenal replacement, the adrenal hormone, hormone replacement, like the hydrocortisone. These medication examples for them include the glucocorticoids, which include the penicillin, desametazone. And we have the mineralocorticoids, we have the fludrocortisone. So under here we have two types, we have the glucose and the mineralo. The glucocorticoids include penicillin and dexamethasone, while the mineralocorticoids include the fludrocortisone. Um, these medications are used to treat acute and chronic replacement therapy for adrenal, adrenal cortical disease like Addison disease and adrenal crisis. Um, it also treats non-endocrine disorder, which include cancer, inflammatory conditions, and other allergic reactions. It comes in oral and IV types. Um, then we have drugs that we administer in the case of uh, hyper Pertutorism. These drugs include the otreotide. The, these are hyperpetutorism medications. Example is the octreotide, the lariotide, and the pervisomant. Pervisomant is P-E-G-V-I-S-O-M-A-N-T. The lariotide is L-A-N-R-E-O-T-I-D-E. And the octreotide is O-C-T-R-E-O-T-I-D-E. These drugs are administered for clients who have conditions called gingantism uh, in children and agromegaly in adults. Where the children, the, the child is very small in age, but the child looks very big. Uh, the child has big body mass or someone looks like an adult and they have a small body. That is agro, uh, like in, the case of the, in the case of the head being small, agromegaly and other things. These things occur in there. Now, we have to go ahead in our books. Um, when you open the endocrine system in the, in the center's book, have to read the drugs that the endocrine medication at the back of the endocrine system. Those drugs are in there. You want to go in and read them one by one to understand how these medications function, how they are used, and what effect they produce when they are being used. These are things we want to go ahead and look at for these drugs because it's going to help us at the end of the day. 
if we do not look at them appropriately, definitely we will not understand how to use them. So thank you very much. Look at them. If you have a question, call me and ask me. Let's look at them. If you call me, don't get me, text me, and I will give you a call back. Thank you very much. I hope we all are doing what we what we will be doing to pass the anklet. We just now seated and just looking at the books. Let's read the books. It is important to put our time in reading this particular course for the anklets. Macarthur is a big thing on the anklets, and uh, we only prepare for it if we read more. So the more we read, the better we become situated for Macarthur in the anklets. Thank you very much. Have a blessed evening.